0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of Course in Miracles, original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A-C-I-M-O-E. Also on that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign-Up, where you can sign up to receive an excellent daily email that includes both the text reading for the day as well as the lesson. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. Today we continue our reading of Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, with Section 8, Perception and Wishes. We're also mindful of our lessons today, Lesson 292 this day is God's it is my gift to him and by way of opening this morning I was blessed with this little tiny piece from Muji It comes from his book white fire and it goes like this when life exposes your hidden flaws Avoid identifying with the reflex to defend or protect them. Instead, open your heart fully to the possibility of complete transformation and perfect transcendence that is now made possible due to the exposure of them. Say yes inside your being. Yes means I protect nothing untrue. And offer everything, including myself, for the sake of truth and lasting freedom. Fall fully upwards into the embrace and grace of the Lord within. Say yes, this day is God's. It is my gift to Him. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Good thank as usual. I love it yeah that was a good one I liked it too thanks you guys and let's see return to my little viewer page here here's our reading list so far we have Fran Jennifer and Jessica and we're joined in listening this morning by Robert Marie Harrison and Ida who else has joined us I would like to say, where are you to be on the reading list?
1: Good morning. Hi, Karen. Good
0: morning. Great. Thank you. Good morning, Sandra. Read. I can read it, Sandra. Great. Great. Thank you. All right. So we're taking up again Chapter 21, The Inner Picture. Today it's Section 8 perception and wishes beginning with paragraph 70 do you not see that all your misery comes from the strange belief that you are powerless being helpless is the cost of sin helplessness is sins condition the one requirement that it demands to be believed only the helpless could believe it in it enormity has no appeal save to the little and only those who first believe that they are little could see attraction there treachery to the son of god is the defense of those who do not identify with him and you are for him or against him either you love him or attack him protect his unity or see him shattered and slain by your attack. Um, Fran. Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, Section 8, Perception and Wishes. Paragraph 70. Do you not see that all your misery comes from the strange belief that you are powerless? Being helpless is the cost of sin. Helplessness is sin's condition the one requirement that it demands to be believed. Only the helpless could believe in it. Enormity has no appeal save to the little. And only those who first believe that they are little could see attraction there. Treachery to the Son of God is the defense of those who do not identify with him. And you are for him or against him. Either you love him or attack him. Protect his unity or see him shattered and slain by your attack. 71. No one believes the Son of God is powerless, and those who see themselves as helpless must believe that they are not the Son of God. What can they be except his enemy? And what can they do but envy him, <clears throat> his power, and by their envy make themselves afraid of it? These are the dark ones, silent and afraid, alone and not communicating. Fearful, the power of the Son of God will strike them dead and raising up their helplessness against Him. They join the army of the powerless to wage their war of vengeance, bitterness, and spite on Him to make Him one with them. Because they do not know that they are one with Him, they know not whom they hate. They are indeed a sorry army. Each one is likely to attack his brother or turn upon himself as to remember they thought they had a common cause. Thank you, Fran and Jennifer.
2: Jebony 1. No one believes the Son of God is powerless, and those who see themselves as helpless must believe that they are not the Son of God. What can they be Except his enemy and what can they do but envy him and his power and by their envy make themselves afraid of it? These are the dark ones, silent and afraid, alone and not communicating. Fearful of the power of the Son of God will strike them dead and raising up their helplessness against him. They join the army of the powerless to wage their war of vengeance, bitterness, and spite on him to make him one with them. Because they do not know that they are one with him, they know not whom they hate. They are indeed a sorry army, each one is likely to attack his brother or turn upon himself. As to remember that they, that they thought they had a common cause. 72. Frantic and loud and strong, the dark ones seem to be. Yet they know not their enemy, except they hate him. In hatred, they have come together, but have not joined each other. For had they done so, hatred would be impossible. The army of the powerless must be disbanded in the presence of strength. Those who are strong are never treacherous because they have no need to dream of power and to act out their dream. How would an army act in dreams? Any way at all. It could be seen attacking anyone with anything. Dreams have no reason in them. A flower turns into a poisoned spear. A child becomes a giant. A mouse roars like a lion. And love is turned to hate as easily. This is no army, but a mad house. What seems to be a planned attack is bedlam
0: yeah. Thank you, Jennifer and Jessica seventy two
3: frantic and loud and strong, the dark ones seem to be yet they know not their enemy except they hate him in hatred they have come together, but have not joined each other. For had they done so, hatred would be impossible. The army of the powerless must be disbanded in the presence of strength. Those who are strong are never treacherous because they have no need to dream of power and to act out their dream. How would an army act in dreams? Any way at all. It could be seen attacking anyone with anything. Dreams have no reason in them. A flower turns into a poisoned spear. A child becomes a giant. And a mouse roars like a lion. All love is turned to hate as easily. This is no army but a madhouse. What seems to be a planned attack is bedlam. 73. The army of the powerless is weak indeed. It has no weapons and it has no enemy. Yes, it can overrun the world and seek an enemy, but it can never find what is not there. Yes, it can dream it found an enemy, but this will shift even as it attacks so that it runs at once to find another and never comes to rest in victory. And as it runs, it turns against itself, thinking it caught a glimpse of the great enemy which always eludes its murderous attacks by turning into something else. How treacherous does this enemy appear who changes so it is impossible even to recognize him.
0: Thank you, Jessica, and Karen.
1: 73. The army of the powerless is weak indeed. It has no weapons, and it has no enemy. Yes, it can overrun the world and seek an enemy, but it can never find what is not there. Yes, it can dream if found an enemy, but this will shift even as it attacks, so that it runs at once to find another and never comes to rest in victory. And as it runs, it turns against itself, thinking it caught a glimpse of the great enemy, which always eludes its murderous attack by turning into something else. How treacherous does this enemy appear who changes so it is impossible even to recognize him. 74. Yet hate must have a target. There can be no faith in sin without an enemy. Who that believes in sin would dare believe he has no enemy. <clears throat> Could he admit that no one made him powerless? Reason which surely bid him seek no longer what he must be willing to perceive a world it is not he understand nor should he he cannot understand his helplessness and let sin tell him that his enemy must be himself. But let him only ask himself these questions, which he must decide to have it done for him. Let me read that again. But let him only ask himself these questions, which he must decide to have it done for him. Do I desire a world I rule instead of one which rules me do I desire a world where I am powerful instead of helpless do I desire a world in which I have no enemies and cannot sin and do I want to see what I denied because it is the truth thank you
0: Karen And Sandra, if you'd like to read 74 through 76, please.
4: Okay. Yet hate must have a target. There can be no faith in sin without an enemy. Who that believes in sin would dare believe he has no enemy? Could he admit that no one made him powerless? Reason would surely bid him seek no longer, what is not there to find, yet first he must be willing to perceive a world where it is not. It is not necessary that he understand how he can see it, nor should he try, for if he focuses on what he cannot understand, he will but emphasize his helplessness and let sin tell him that his enemy must be himself. But let him only ask himself these questions, which he must decide to have it done for him. Do I desire a world I rule instead of one which rules me? Do I desire a world where I am powerful instead of helpless? Do I desire a world in which I have no enemies and cannot sin? And do I want to see what I denied because it is the truth? 76. You have already answered the first three questions but not yet the last. For this one still seems fearful and unlike the others. Yet reason would assure you they are all the same. We said this year would emphasize the sameness of things that are the same. This final question, which is indeed the last you need decide, still seems to hold a threat, that a threat the rest have lost for you. And this imagined difference attests to your belief that truth may be the enemy you yet may find. Here then would seem here then would seem to be the last remaining hope of finding sin and not accepting power.
0: Thank you, Sandra. And would be a new reader for seventy-six and seventy-seven.
5: I can read. Thanks, Lloyd. You have already answered the first three questions, but not yet the last. For this one still seems fearful and unlike the others. Yet reason would assure you they are all the same we said this year would emphasize the sameness of things that are the same. This final question, which is indeed the last you need to decide, still seems to hold a threat the rest have lost for you. And this imagined difference attests to your belief that truth may be the enemy you yet may find. Here, then, would seem to be the last remaining hope of finding sin and not accepting power. Forget not that the choice of truth or sin, power or helplessness is the choice of whether to attack or heal. For healing comes of power, and attack of helplessness. Whom you attack, you cannot want to heal. And whom you would have healed must be the one you chose to be protected from attack. And what is this decision but the choice whether to see him through the body's eyes or let him be revealed to you through your vision? How this decision leads to its effect is not your problem. But what you want to see must be your choice this is a course in cause and not effect
0: thank you Lemoyne and is there another new reader for 77 and 78 okay Fran back to you 77 forget not that the choice of truth or sin power or helplessness is the choice of whether to attack or heal for healing comes of power an attack of helplessness whom you attack you cannot want to heal and whom you would have healed must be the one you chose to be protected from attack and what is this decision but the choice whether to see him through the body's eyes or let him be revealed to you through vision how this decision leads to its effects is not your problem but what you want to see must be your choice this is a course in cause and not effect. 78 consider carefully your answer to the last question you have left unanswered still and let your reason tell you that it must be answered and is answered in this other three and then it will be clear to you that as you look on the effects of sin in any form all you need do is simply ask yourself is this what I would say do I want this thank you Fran and Jennifer if you could do 78 through 80 please
2: 78. Consider carefully your answer to the last question you have left unanswered still. And let your reason tell you that it must be answered and is answered in the other three. And then it will be clear to you that as you look on the effects of sin in any form, All you need to do is simply ask yourself, is this what I would see? Do Do I want this? This is your one decision. This, the condition for what occurs. It is irrelevant to how it happens, but not to why. You have control of this. And if you choose to see a world without an enemy in which you are not helpless, the means to see it will be given you. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Jennifer and Jessica.
3: All righty. Um... Let's see. Eight. This is your one decision. This, the condition for what occurs. Um, maybe I, wait, let me read 79 first. The question is, is this what I would see? Do I want this? This is your one decision. This, the condition for what occurs. It is irrelevant to how it happens, but not to why. You have control of this. And if you choose to see a world without an enemy in which you are not helpless, the means to see it will be given you. 81. Why is the final question so important? Reason will tell you why. It is the same as are the other three, except in time. The others are decisions which can be made and then unmade and made again. But truth is constant and implies a state where vacillations are impossible. You can desire a world you rule which rules you not and change your mind. You can desire to exchange your helplessness for power and lose this same desire as a little glint of sin attracts you. And you can want to see a sinless world and let an, quote, enemy tempt you to use the body's eyes and change what you desire.
1: Thank you, Jessica. Thank Karen. Why is the final question so important? Reason will tell you why. It is the same as are the other three, except in time. The others are decisions which can be made and then unmade and made again. But truth is constant and implies a state where vacillations are impossible. You can desire a world, you rule, which rules you not, and change your mind. You can desire to exchange your helplessness for power and lose the same desire as a little glint of sin attracts you. And you can want to see a sinless world and let a an, quote-unquote enemy tempt you to use the body's eyes and change what you desire. 82. In content, all the questions are the same. For each one asks if you are willing to exchange the world of sin for what the Holy Spirit sees, since it is this the world of sin denies. And therefore, those who look on sin are seeing the denial of the real world. Yet the last question adds the wish for constancy in your desire to see the real world. So the desire becomes the only one you have. By answering the final question, yes, you add sincerity to the decisions you have already made to all the rest. For only then you announce the option to change your mind again. When it is this you do not want, the rest are wholly answered. Thank you, Karen.
4: Sandra. 82. In content, all the questions are the same. For each one asks if you are willing to exchange the world of sin for what the Holy Spirit sees. Since it is the world of sin. Since it is this world. This, sorry what the Holy Spirit sees, since it is this the world of sin denies, and therefore those who look on sin are seeing the denial of the real world, yet the last question adds the wish for constancy. Oh, I'm sorry, I have to stop right now. I pass. Oh,
0: okay. Um, let's see. For constancy. I'll finish that paragraph in 82 in content all the questions are the same for each one asks if you are willing to exchange the world of sin for what the Holy Spirit sees since it is this world of sin denies and therefore those who look on sin are seeing the denial of the real world yet the last question asks adds the wish for constancy in your desires through the real world. So the desire becomes the only one you have. By answering the final question, yes, you add sincerity to the decisions you've already made to all the rest. And only then have you renounced the option to change your mind again. When it is this you do not want, the rest are wholly answered. Now we've read 82 twice. So, LeMoyne, if you'd like to do 83 and 84, please. Uh,
5: Read 83 twice? Um. (laughs) Okay. Why do you think you are unsure the others have been answered? Could it be necessary they be asked so often if they had? Until the last decision has been made, the answer is both yes and no. For you have answered yes without perceiving that yes must mean not no. No one decides against his happiness, but he may do so if he does not see he does it. And if he sees his happiness as ever-changing, now this, now that, and now an elusive shadow attached to nothing, he does decide against it. Elusive happiness or happiness in changing form that shifts with time and place is an illusion which has no meaning. Happiness must be constant because it is attained by giving up the wish for the inconstant, Joy cannot be perceived except through constant vision, and constant vision can be given only those who wish for constancy. The power of the Son of God's desire remains the proof that he is wrong who sees himself as helpless. Desire what you will, and you will look on it and think it real. No thought but has the power to release or kill, and none can leave the thinker's mind, nor leave him unaffected.
0: I oh, you I was on mute. <laughs> I was on mute, Robin Marie. Um, so to complete this section, then is there a new reader that would like to read 83 and 84? I'll do that. Thank you, Robin Marie. 83.
6: Why do you think you are unsure the others have been answered? Could it be necessary they be asked so often if they had? Until the last decision has been made, the answer is both, quote, yes, and, quote, no. For you have answered, quote, yes, without perceiving that, quote, yes, must mean, quote, not no. (laughs) No one decides against his happiness, but he may do so if he does not see he does it. And if he sees his happiness as ever-changing, now this, now that, and now an elusive shadow attached to nothing, he does decide against it. 84. Elusive happiness, or happiness in changing form that shifts with time and place, is an illusion which has no meaning. Happiness must be constant, because it is attained by giving up the wish for the inconstant, Joy cannot be perceived except through constant vision. And constant vision can be given only those who wish for constancy. The power of the Son of God's desire remains the proof that he is wrong, who sees himself as helpless. Desire what you will, and you will look on it and think it real. No thought but has the power to release Or kill, and none can leave the thinker's mind or leave him unaffected.
0: Thank you, Robin Marie, and thank you, everyone who read this section this morning. Um, Let's see Perception and Wishes. Highlighting from that first paragraph, do you not see that all your misery comes from the strange belief that you are powerless? Being helpless is the cost of sin. Helplessness is sin's condition, the one requirement that it demands to be believed. Only the helpless could believe in it. Enormity has no appeal save to the little, and only those who first believe that they are little could see attraction there. Treachery to the Son of God is the defense of those who do not identify with Him, and you are for Him or against Him. Either you love Him or attack Him, protect His unity, or see Him shattered and slain by your attack. Who that believes in sin would dare to believe he has no enemy? Could he admit that no one made him powerless? Reason would surely bid him to seek no longer for what is not there to find. Yet first, he must be willing, I'm in paragraph 74, to perceive a world where it is not, we're talking about hate. It is not necessary that he understand how he can see it, should he try for if he focuses on what he cannot understand he will but emphasize his helplessness and let sin tell him that his enemy must be himself but let him only ask himself these questions which he must decide to have it done for him 75 do I desire a world I rule instead of one which rules me do I desire a world where I'm powerful instead of helpless do I desire a world in which there in which I have no enemies and cannot sin and do I want to see what I denied because it is the truth in 77 forget not the choice of truth or sin power or helplessness is the choice of whether to attack or or heal. For healing comes of power, and attack of helplessness. Whom you attack you cannot want to heal, and whom you would have healed must be the one you chose to be protected from attack. And what is this decision but the choice whether to see him through the body's eyes or let him be revealed to you through vision? How this decision leads to its effects is not your problem. But what you want to see must be your choice. This is, of course, a cause and not effect. 78. Consider carefully your answer to the last question you've left unanswered still. And then it will be clear to you, as you look on the effects of sin in any form, all you need to do is simply ask yourself, Is this what I would see? Do I want this? Katie, this is your one decision. This is the condition for what occurs. It is relevant how it happens, but not to why. You have control of this, and if you choose to see a world without an enemy, in which you are not helpless, the means to see it will be given you. In eighty-one, why is this final question so important? The reason will tell you why. It is the same as the other three, except in time. Each one asks if you're willing to exchange the world of sin for what the Holy Spirit sees, since it is the wor- world the sin de- that it is this world of sin denies, and therefore those who look on sin are seeing the denial. Of the real world. If the last question adds the wish for constancy to your desire to see the real world, so the desire becomes the only one you have. By answering the final question yes, you add sincerity to the decisions you've already made to all the rest. For only then have you renounced the option to change your mind again. And when this you do not want, the rest are wholly answered. And finally, joy cannot be perceived except through constant vision. The power of the Son of God's desire remains the proof that he is wrong who sees himself as helpless. Desire what you will, and you will look on it, think it real. No thought but has the power to release or kill. And none can leave the thinker's mind or leave him unaffected. And now we are just almost precisely at the top of the hour where we can reflect on our lesson that's hand in glove with this reading. This day is God's. It is my gift to him. And Fran, once again, accept our gratitude as you lead us. Oh boy, thank you. Hi everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and where the theme on now is what is the world. And today's lesson is lesson 242. This day is God's. It is my gift to Him. So I shall read some from What Is the World, and then we will go over to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. What is the world? The world was made as an attack on God. It symbolizes fear. And what is fear except love's absence? Look, the world was meant to be a place where God could could enter not and where his son could be apart from him. Here was perception born, for knowledge could not cause such insane thoughts. But eyes deceive and ears hear falsely. Now mistakes become quite possible for certainty has gone. The mechanisms of illusion have been born instead and now they go to find what has been given them to seek. Their aim is to fulfill the purpose which the world was made to witness and make real. They see in its illusions that a solid base where truth exists, upheld apart from lies. Yet everything that they report is but illusion, which is kept apart from truth. As sight was made to leave away from truth, it can be redirected. Sounds become the call of God. Now we will go over to our lesson. Lesson 242. This day is God's. It is my gift to him. I will not leave my life alone today. I do not understand the world, and so to try to lead my life alone must be but foolishness. For there is one who knows all that is best for me, and he is glad to make no choices for me but the ones that lead to God. This day I give to him, for I would not delay my coming home, and it is he who knows the way to him. And so we give today to you. We come with wholly open minds. We do not ask for anything that we may think we want. Give us what you would have received by us. You know all our desires and our needs, and you will give us everything we want, and that will help us find the way to you. Lesson 242, this day is God's. It is my gift to him. Now we'll do our five-minute practice. Lesson 242, this day is God's, it is my gift to him, amen. Thank you, Fran.
2: Thank you, Fran. Thank you so much, Fran.
0: Well, thank you, guys. A beautiful lesson thank you for reflecting it for us this morning Fran I was led to a um, quote um, that is just uh, so perfect in relation to this lesson and to this reading this morning it's uh, from chapter 16 in the magnitude of holiness he says no evidence will convince you of the truth of what you do not want Yet your relationship with him, we're talking about the Holy Spirit or Christ, is real and has been demonstrated. Regard this not with fear, but with rejoicing. The one you called upon is with you. Bid him welcome and honor his witnesses who bring you the glad tidings he has come. It is true, just as you fear, that to acknowledge him is to deny all you think you know. But it was never true. What gain is there to you in clinging to it and denying the evidence for truth? For you have come too near to truth to renounce it now, and you will yield to its compelling attraction. You can delay this now, but only a little while. The host of God has called to you, and you have heard. Never again will you be wholly willing not to listen. Um, I can rest in that place I can rest in that place the host of God has called to you and you have heard this day is God's it is my gift to him I'm complete wow Lori that was great thank you so much love that
2: Thank you, Lori. Everything you've been reading this morning is powerful. I I wish I could have a (laughs) copy.
7: Thank you, Lori. This is Yogi Chris, just came in, wanted to say hi, receiving gifts of God as I listen.
0: so glad you joined us you Chris thank you yeah hi
2: Uh, this is Jennifer. <clears throat> this reading is incredibly powerful, and when you're looking at something that's painful, and you're every part of your being is feeling helpless in it, these questions, you know, really move the um, the last question and Do I want in 75? And do I want to see what I denied because it is the truth? And um, I think the only way I can really see something, really see, I I can feel all the pain of something, but to pause in that pain or situation and um, really give myself the space to really see uh, my suffering. Um, it's very key to answering the, the first three questions. And um, if I don't see, if I'm just feeling things and denying them, then I'm not able to really experience the Holy Spirit and the Christ within me that loves me and gives me peace, I'm not able to connect that. I'm just constantly chasing my tail in this suffering. But if I can just pause, a long, holy, instant pause. (laughs) For me, um, you know, I gave myself a couple weeks, when I was looking at something I desperately wanted to change for decades, I wanted relief. And um, I just had to be a little willing. And, um, of course, I was so scared. And to witness my suffering without judging it kind of brought me to my knees, one of relief and a feeling of I'm not alone and I, I started to let people who were um connected to God um maybe in a sense stronger in those moments um to help me bridge and feel secure uh in that which I deny, which was that suffering, that precious, precious suffering. There's so, so much love in that suffering to be revealed and experienced. And there's so much power. And um, I just uh, extend a holy invitation wholeheartedly, to anyone that is suffering to pause and just witness, be the witness, and notice that as you're the witness, the Holy Spirit is right there. You will feel it, I promise, and um, anyone on this call doesn't feel it, you can always call me. <laughs> I am... I am your sister on this path, absolutely, and with that, um I pass. I
0: love you all. Oh, that was sweet, Jessica or Jennifer. Thank you very much. yeah, thank you, Jennifer.
6: Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh,
0: important. Important.
7: Yes, very much so. Um, this is Yogi Chris, especially what Jennifer was saying about awareness. Um, I, I I enjoy giving my day to God first thing in the morning as soon as I get up. Even before I get up while in bed, I'm practicing awareness of what's, of the content of my mind as soon as I open my my eyes. Um, The course emphasizes this importance in the manual for teachers and how a teacher of God should spend their day. Um, And already I'm receiving the gifts of this surrender. When I do that, I'm I'm stepping back and just witnessing what's there. To me, that's, that's... Symbolic of a surrendered state where I'm not identifying with the thoughts and feelings that are there, but I'm observing them. Um, and, 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 and being used to how things feel and what I'm being pulled to do as I practice being in the present moment, I'm, I'm saying to my higher self, lead me when I do that. And, and I open my mind to receive right understanding um, and the many glorious ways I could be led. Um, and I know when I'm in that prayerful service within myself, I'm being shown what's best for me in every circumstance. Um, and when I'm, again, practicing just being aware of my breath, being aware of this moment, what's going on in, in the mind, I'm making a choice for God and his will for me because I'm not, I'm practicing not being in that mind um, but stepping back from it and saying, God, lead me. Uh, I'm going to let go of this. I'm going to let go of that through giving it over for your loving way of looking at that. And uh, practice that throughout the day, being led. And a lot of the times, I don't know how that is going to unfold and how I'm going to be led. But it's good. And I'll say that to people, um, I don't need to know the future. I need to be present in the moment and choosing God and see what happens. Because when I'm choosing God, I'm choosing his energy of goodness. God and goodness to me is interchangeable. So I'm, uh, I'm feeling the goodness within me. Thus I'm feeling good or feeling God, um, and to remain in that as the course of love calls the house of truth in my home within myself, and saying to God, use me um, and to, and to just watch when my mind is sort of closing down because i wanna I want an open and receptive mind to receive, but I know when that's happening if i'm in awareness, observation, watching the thinking that's happening, um, and uh, sometimes I, in the beginning of the day, I let God know that I want to experience uh, miracles, loving expressions, and what, what miracles he would want me to serve that day and i'm saying to him when i say that i i want a happy outcome to this day um, and i'm i'm saying to him you're going to give me everything i need in experiencing that so really i'm saying to him i have faith i have trust i have confidence i have certainty in uncertainty of the future in the unknown i've had to practice this um quite a few times as I step out of the known in my, in my rela- intimate relationship, in my new uh, town I'm living in, in my new experience in, uh, in serving, in what I'm passionate about as a mentor and yoga teacher and getting, moving, uh, stepping back from being a nurse that I've been doing for 34 years. So I've experienced witnessing uncertainty, witnessing the call for faith within me and strength. Um, And boy, have I experienced some wonderful results of that. Um... Recently, I was wanting to um, share yoga at a gym or a church or uh, whatever God wants me to practice physically, although it's available on my website in, 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 uh, in the Internet. I wanted a physical location, so I reached out Uh, to a facility, and a friend that I graduated from school back in 1989 in LPN, her name is Gail, she said, Chris, I heard you were looking to serve, and it's good to hear from you, and we have a gym that's empty downstairs, and I would love if you would teach yoga to our our nursing employees here. Um, and of course I, I, I jump for joy. You don't hear the joy in my voice because a, I already did that. And B it's becoming more and more common things when I give my life to God to guy and I receive the gift of surrender of that surrendered state. It's a common place, which is really nice. Of course, I'm not boasting by, it. by no means of the imagination. I'm complete,
6: <laughs> thank you so much what a What a wonderful, uplifting story. I'm glad you found a a place to do your yoga and teach, and nurses will be so interested. How terrific! thanks for sharing.
0: Oh, thanks for sharing. That was good. Thank you. No, oh, that was beautiful, Chris. Thank you for your openness.
2: Um, thank you, Yogi Chris. It was nice, nice to hear it in action. I'm really very happy for you.
1: Good morning, it's Karen. Um, So I just had a little comment about the reading. Um, Yesterday morning I started my virtual practices, my sadhana, with reading what is the world. And then I was meditating and I thought, well, what do I see in the world that isn't seen with vision? What do I see that isn't seen with Christ's vision? And there was a person I talked about it yesterday that I saw with judgment. So I, I wanted to apply the course. And the course says that the outer, the world I see outside isn't is a reflection of my inner condition. So then I thought, okay, there must be something I haven't forgiven, I should think about what I what I want to forgive in myself that I keep repeating projecting into the world. However, um, today when we read, it said in the text reading, it said, don't try to understand what you see, just ask to see it with vision. So I was a little confused because I thought, if I'm seeing, I haven't worked something out, I haven't offered something to the Holy Spirit to be undone. But today what we read made me think that, you don't need to do that. You just need to say, I want to see this with the vision of the Holy Spirit. I want to see the truth. I don't want to see this this person as, you know, um, in trouble, I guess you could say. You know, I want to see her as perfect, as a holy child of God in her perfection, but what I see is a person who's struggling and really in a lot of darkness um, sometimes and who's suffering. And anyway, so it messed me up because yesterday, after I shared, I felt like the, um, I felt Like, I must have gotten it wrong because nobody said anything, and I thought, okay, I have to look at this again because I think I must have gotten it wrong. Anyway, um, I love today's lesson because in the middle of the night I I was awakened by the Spirit and I meditated, and all I want to do is be the empty channel. And, And when I need to be made right, all I need to God and I sing this song. Um, love fills the air, love everywhere. Oh, the wonder of you! And then I say Jesus and other masters. You know, love fills the air, and I just want to be open. I just want to be a channel. Let me be peace. Let me be love, and let my mind have truth. But peace, joy, and light. And I was feeling the light just filling every every cell of my being, I wouldn't say physical body, but I would say just my beingness, I felt so radiant, I felt the energy in my hands, and mostly in my heart, and it just kept spreading from the heart. And it was just like light was just spreading out. And that's what, as I go into the world, this day, my intention is to just let God's light extend you know, in peace and quiet and silence. Anyway, um, if, Laura, you want to clarify what I was trying to explain, what was the, you know, if it's not necessary to introspect on anything, which it seems like the Course has told us in the past, is necessary, what, what you don't see with forgiveness. Um, but if it's not necessary, then that's another way to hold the whole thing. I'm complete. Thank you.
0: oh that was beautiful Karen and I especially love uh, the way you call back to truth Um, I I do the same thing when I don't understand and um, and oftentimes I I, uh, get into that place where I feel like well it's important that I do understand but the reason I uh, went to that quote I referred to earlier in the magnitude of holiness is because I have the erroneous belief that my understanding is required uh, that I see the real world so I would especially highlight paragraph 77 where he says this is a course and cause and not effect this is a course in cause and not effect then at this point I want to offer another quote let me see if I have it so, yeah I do from chapter 4 uh, this is really really significant it's in the section love without conflict he gives us this the calm being of God's kingdom which, in your sane mind, sane mind is perfectly conscious, is ruthlessly banished from the part of the mind which the ego rules. The ego is desperate because it opposes literally invincible odds, whether you're asleep or awake. Consider how much vigilance you've been willing to exert to protect your ego, and how little you've been willing to expe- expend to protect your higher mind who but the insane would undertake to believe what is not true and then protect this belief at the cost of truth that one paragraph paragraph 55 in chapter 4 encapsulates everything that he offers in this section don't you just love how he talks about uh, the army of the mad you know he's not saying um, you know you people who don't understand are bad sinful wrong or otherwise outside the kingdom he's saying you're insane but this quote calm being of god's kingdom which in your sane mind is perfectly conscious is ruthlessly banished from the part of the mind the ego rules and so the point of this discussion becomes how how do i become once again acquainted with my natural sanity the being I was created to be and while I'm dreaming of powerlessness while I'm dreaming of an identity as an ego um, I feel ruthlessly banished from the calm being of the kingdom of God which in my sane mind is perfectly conscious and so he's offering us steps To become reacquainted with the truth of the Son of God. You know, in paragraph... um, Let's see if I can find where I was talking about. In that very first paragraph, helplessness is sin's condition. Well, sin being the one-word description for all the ways the ego would deny, doubt, resist, or refuse. The truth of love, unity, innocence, holiness. Um, that's the one-word description for the ego's belief in separation and illusion that is consequent to that belief. This is of course in cause and not effect. If I feel powerless, I'm seeing myself as an effect of the world that's acting against me. Um, And I'll feel like I've joined the army of the powerless. This is not uh, anything but bedlam, you know. I'll feel that way. But in order to become reacquainted with my sane mind, I need to ask myself some questions. Realizing that what I see is a consequence of what I believe I am. I'll say that again what I see is a consequence of what I believe I am and so uh, I love your fallback Karen what is the truth of this uh, I fall back in the same way my fallback is I'm light I am light I am light I am light I bring the light of holiness to everything I see now i'm not in bedlam now my mind is ready to move into my sane my sanity my true identity where i'm not powerless where i don't see enemies and everything is a representation a representation of separation i ask is this what i want to see and that Takes me automatically to my same mind, to the light that will reveal truth to me. I don't have to understand how that works. I love how he says that. I still think my understanding is necessary for truth. It's not. It's not. All that's necessary is my willingness to see truth. And then the means are given. He says that right in paragraph eighty. It's my power to choose. My power to choose. I'm gonna go back to paragraph seventy seven. The choice of truth or sin, power or helplessness is the choice to attack or heal. And whose mind whose mind needs healing? But mine. When I am seeing a reflection of powerlessness in the world, I'm feeling acted upon by the world. I'm feeling an effect of the world. I have a problem in my mind, in my inner view of myself. But when my mind lands on the truth of me, when my mind lands on the truth of me, it establishes the power of my peace. Now I rest in God. Now I realize the world I see is a reflection of my insanity is that what I want is that what I want you now he says in the beginning of this chapter the very first sentence is projection makes perception right now the ego you know my insanity would say what am i projecting what am i projecting that's not the important part the important part is what I rather see healing or attack. What do I prefer to see? He's um, not telling me I'm bad or wrong or somehow deficient. He's telling me I've misidentified myself with powerlessness. I've misidentified myself with ego. I would rather have the truth, and in any instant when I don't know what it is, it can be given me, but for the asking, without my understanding, um, just for asking. That final question: Do I want to see what I denied when I'm when I'm? feeling that way I'm feeling I an effect of the world I'm feeling like the world is acting upon me I've denied the truth of my identity that's the problem that's that's the source of the problem do I want to see what I denied because it is the truth Do I want to see a world where I'm powerful I rule where I have no enemies, and there is no sin, then take me to the truth of myself. That's what I desire. And the truth of myself uh, is happiness, is joy, is mercy. Um, these things, these things, you know, he talks about it in the, in the characteristics of God's teachers, and he says, God gives certain gifts to His teachers. They're they're not special gifts. They're the result. They are the result of wanting to learn, and learning is always in relationship. Um, these characteristics of honesty, and generosity, faithfulness, tolerance, open-mindedness, um, etc. Are the gifts of asking, what is the truth of this? What is the truth in this relationship? What is the truth in this relationship? What is the truth in this relationship? Um, Because there's always um, the fallback to truth, and the truth is what I've denied about my own sanity. I've denied it. I have a problem with denial, I have a problem with just dissociation. You know, I deny my identity and feel powerless. I dissociate myself from my truth. But when I desire constancy, even without my understanding, I offer my willingness, tell me the truth of this. I'd like to see the truth of this because I don't know. Um, then there are the consequent um, gifts of true cause. Um, I think I'm pretty complete right there. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Oh, Lori. That, that was great. So Thank
3: you so much,
0: Lori. Thank you.
6: Thank you, Lori.
1: I just want to say one more thing. Um, You know, I didn't go on some even uh, introspective expedition. I was um, with someone on Saturday, and I just felt like I was so angry, and it just came over me. I even swore, which I never ever do <laughs> in front of my children. It was just like oh, this energy came into me and I as you said, I felt powerless. I felt helpless. Cuz it came out of nowhere and I didn't know what was going what happened. I was in this beautiful spiritual open-minded place after the lesson call and then boom, I just felt so negative and so angry and nothing had happened. Nothing on the physical plane had changed, except for this person came. This is the person that I wondered why I'm not seeing them as you know, with vision. I understand from the reading today that there's a point in my mind where either I choose to attack or I choose to heal. If I'm heal, if I choose to be healing influence with the person, I can't be in attack mode. I mean, they're two mutually exclusive states of mind. But the reason I was looking into it was like, what happened? Was it because I saw her wrongly that that happened to me? I mean, it was so subtle. And that led me into like, oh, I have to look more deeply into what's going on here because it just... Anyway, Um It was so emotional. It was emotional energy. It wasn't just like I can hold my mind in the Christ spot. You know, it was like a a huge negative energy came up. And it overwhelmed me totally. So anyway, that's what led me into looking at why did that happen. And you're saying, I don't need to understand why that it happened. I just have to know I don't want that that is not my desire and not I can understand but in the moment it felt like I was flailing in craziness incomplete.
0: Oh, I know that feeling my dear I know it well and um, I don't often recommend books um, in fact I try to make it a practice not to um, but there is it's a rather old book uh, and it's very helpful and the name of it is "Feelings Buried Alive, Never Die." "Feelings Buried Alive, Never Die" by Carol, you know, with the with a K. Truman. Um, and and when I'm just going to be try try to be brief, I um, I've had those overwhelming feelings um, many times. And over the course of um, practicing forgiveness for the sole purpose of healing my mind somehow over time I've learned to welcome them recognizing that emotions uh, are trapped energy that needs to be expressed um, most of the time they have no language Uh, most of the time they relate to subconscious material that doesn't even have a story attached uh, but rather is a buried emotion uh, because the story was too painful to look at Um, and so over the course of time I've learned to welcome uh, some of those overwhelming moments when they arrive as a way of my release this is my release and to allow the space for their expression safely in my spacious mind until it's exhausted Um, it has important for me is to recognize this has nothing to do with any particular person this has nothing to do with anything except my own buried pain And therefore, I can give a safe place for this emotion to exhaust itself in the same way I would give space to a tired toddler. It's not important to have the why of it, but it's important to give it the safe space for release. And when I do, I discover I'm no longer uh, so often in positions of wanting to um, get rid of it. I'd rather welcome it and let it expend itself. And that turns out to be my way of freedom. Um, I'm, I, I know that feeling, and that's how I've tried to deal with those thoughts. I'm complete. Oh,
3: thank you.
1: Thanks for that. Thanks, That was really helpful. There. Whatever it was, it energy because it even changed my digestion. Like my stomach hasn't been same. Something something shifted completely. But I also felt confused by it. So thank you so much. That was helpful.
4: Thank you, Lori. This is Sandra. I just ordered the book and it's that was so helpful. Thank you.
0: Oh well then that's that's fruitful. Thank you.
4: I think that um this is Sandra that um, I can be possibly aborting missions because the feelings are so intense and so painful that I try to do things to to soothe them through self love and self care, but I'm not quite welcoming them yet i mean i'm I'm working on that that's cutting edge for me, understanding that they're going to lead to some kind of healing, but um there's still some resistance, so I'm hoping that 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 book will help me to be more welcoming. I'm complete.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a practice of um, not falling into self-attack. And, um, and, I, and I had to learn that. It took a long time. Um, and I'm still learning that I mean I call it falling off my horse you know I I fall off uh, Holy Spirit sometimes and and when I do um, somehow (laughs) through the grace of God um, I've come to understand that that's not an error it's an opportunity and um, just that little shift has been enough to free me from that tendency to blame myself and call myself part of the army of darkness you know that's um that's the problem is misidentification I've, i've forgotten who i am in my mind um and in that forgetting uh, I I need be free of the tendency to blame myself um, that's kind of what that first paragraph 70 70 is saying you know if I misidentify myself um, and, and I've learned to stop attacking outside myself well there's a natural tendency to attack myself then but that's not what he's asking me to do either he's just asking me to recognize oh I've been insane and, um, and and the other quote that's really helpful for me is uh, when truth comes to any mind. <laughs> when truth comes to any mind, it's always always accompanied with great joy and the realization I need do nothing. You know, uh, I need do nothing. This is all. Consequent of the grace of God, remembering my true authority, my true author, um, is the way back home, and I'm never left alone to do that by myself. I have a guide, and now um, and I have my willingness to follow. We don't have to do it all in one day, you know he says, just this day, this day. I'll make a gift uh to God and offer my willingness uh my willingness to be restored to holiness and uh hop back on the horse <laughs> anyway, what a pensive conversation uh, I'm enjoying it thank you
4: yeah I'm finding thank that you. one that blocks me is um is like I just was talking with Holy Spirit and going, you know, sharing my feelings because that's what I do with Holy Spirit. I share the feelings of sadness, of disappointment, of all that stuff, and I ask Holy Spirit to show me the truth about it. And what came to me was, you can either be sad for the rest of your life or you can make the best of it. But making the best of it is not necess- it that can that can abort the mission maybe it's about just feeling it and letting it pass through like what you were saying lori so even trying to be positive can can block the process i'm complete
2: oh yeah. right on this is, uh, this is Jennifer. Um, boy, this is really juicy. And I just want to say um, my experience so far, um, I'm just like you, Sandra. I come in and out on being um, um, aware. Oh, there's feelings coming. I need to, you know, let them come through. And But what I'm noticing when I choose to feel um, deep sadness, um, I noticed regret come up um, not only anger but um, a deep sense of regret and in the last i don't know eight six, eight months, five five months, I've been allowing myself to feel that, regretting decisions I've made for years and and you know, a res- the result of it and how it's affected my life. And, but on the other side, what I'm getting is a great sense of um, it's okay, peace, and um, just a, a wholeness. Like, my whole being can show up and not hide. And I don't have to hide anymore any part of me. I can just, and that's where the truth is. And um, so it doesn't matter what happened, is what I'm discovering. It's that I'm allowing myself to let things register. Um, I pass. Thank you, Sandra and Lori.
0: no thank you Jennifer you know uh, we have to end this recording Um, and and I've been led to the perfect place I think to end the recording but not the call Um, so be assured we'll stay on and can talk about this more But the perfect place oh my god it's so beautiful you guys it's in lesson 191 which is I am the Holy Son of God Himself and I'll touch on a few paragraphs it says deny your own identity and you will not escape the madness which induced this weird unnatural and ghostly thought that mocks creation and laughs at God Deny your own identity and you assail the universe alone with our friend a tiny particle of dust against the legions of your own of your enemies what is this except a game you play in which identity can be denied you are as God created you all else but this one thing is folly to believe in this one thought is everything set free In this one truth are all illusions gone to this one fact is sinlessness proclaimed to be forever part of everything the central core of its existence, and its guarantee of immortality. Let today's idea find a place among your thoughts, and you've risen far above the world, and all the worldly thoughts that hold it prisoner. From this place of safety and escape, you will return and set it free be quiet today how easily hell is undone you need but tell yourself I am the holy son of God himself cannot suffer cannot be in pain cannot lose nor can I fail to do all that salvation asks." you who perceive yourself as weak and frail with futile hopes and devastated dreams born but to die to weep and suffer pain hear this power is given unto you in earth and heaven there is nothing you cannot do you play the game of death of being helpless pitifully tied to disillusion in a world which shows no mercy to you and yet when you accord it mercy will its mercy shine on you let the son of god awaken from his sleep And opening his holy eyes, return again to bless the world he made. In error it began, but it will end in the reflection of his holiness. And he will sleep no more and dream of death. Join with me today. Your glory is the light that saves the world. Do not withhold salvation longer. Look about the world and see the suffering. Is not your heart willing to bring your brothers rest? They stay in chains till you are free. You cannot see the mercy of the world until you find it for yourself. They suffer pain until you deny its hold on you. They die until you accept your own eternal life. You are the Holy Son of God Himself. Remember this. All the world is set free. Remember this. And earth and heaven are one that's less than one hundred and I do in case you want to refer to it and we'll end the recording there um, and see how how we can dialogue some more about finding.